you're listening to the Sustainable Jungle podcast, where we talk to inspiring people who are working towards important sustainability and conservation outcomes. Today, we are lucky enough to have Elise Crabtree on the show with us. She's the founder of Wabi Sabi Botanicals, the ethical beauty line that's changing the lives of women around the world. We covered a bunch of topics with Elise, including the state of the bogus beauty industry, the importance of self-love, and what she thinks are currently the most pressing issues for humanity. Without further ado, I give you Elise Crabtree. Elise, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. We are so excited to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for the benefit of the listeners, we know Elise, this goes back I don't know, a few months now. Six mm-hmm. months, which is like ancient history in our in our books. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So when we started Sustainable Jungle, we started, as some of you might know, with writing about ethical beauty and we came across Wabi Sabi, which we'll talk about more a little bit later. And then we said the odd hello on, on Instagram to Elise. Mm-hmm. So that is the background. But can we start, Elise, with where you were born and where you grew up? Sure. Um, we actually are right where I was born and where I grew up. So I'm born and raised in Orange County, um, California. And um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've lived here most of my life apart from college. I went to college in Santa Barbara, California. Um, and then I've spent extended periods of time traveling around the world. So That's awesome. And so you, what did you study? Because I know it's quite different to what yes, you're doing now. Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually studied psychology. Um, with an emphasis on um, substance abuse disorders and mental health. And so the jump from your studies to what mm-hmm. you're doing now, and mm-hmm. Joy will get into the details mm-hmm. of that, can you tell us how how that exactly happened? Um, I wonder myself sometimes. <laughs> I, I would have never guessed, um, to be honest. Um, I went into psychology and started studying it and went into social work and serving people in that sense um, because I like always wanted to serve people. I always felt a a deep calling to um, serve others, to help others. And um, I thought that that had to be um, in the context of like directly, right, as a therapist or as a counselor. And for some reason, that was the only way I could imagine helping people. And what I've learned and what I what I learned um, through actually working in that field and discovering that, um, I just discovered that there were other ways to serve people and that it doesn't have to be, you don't have to like um, burn yourself out and work insanely long hours and get paid next to nothing. And you don't have to sacrifice your own well-being um, in order to serve. And... Um, so, so I mean, well, are we getting into the story of how Wabi Sabi was created? Is that what we're doing? Absolutely. Let's, okay. Let's go okay. For it. okay. Yeah, because that's where it's. I mean, that's where I mean, I was when I started Wabi Sabi. I was working in social work, so um, I was working with um, infants and toddlers in the foster care system, and it was mentally, emotionally, physically draining work. Um, and so I was totally burnt out. Like self care was minimal to non-existent. And, um, I've always had like very, very sensitive acne prone, um, reactive skin. And so I like heard about the green beauty movement and heard about, um, basically through an article, I found out kind of the basics of what is in traditional or mainstream products. And I had had no idea. So I thought to myself, well, maybe my skin, the condition of my skin is being worsened by these chemicals, by what's in, you know, cause I was just using mainstream products. Yeah. Um, you know, even like laundry detergent and, you know, the basic products that we all have in our households. Um, I didn't realize that what's in them could be affecting like my skin or my health. Um, and so when I learned about that, I got curious. And so I started looking into alternatives and I learned that, I mean, I had, I had never, it had never occurred to me that um, botanicals, that plants were ever used for like right skin. Like I didn't know that plants could be used in products. I didn't know that plants could be used in um, detergents or um, 
anything like that. So I just got very curious and essentially my curiosity drove my passion. And, um, I just, I went to the school of Google and I just <laughs> learned so much, right. I would read studies and research that's been done and, um, started looking into how plants have been used for centuries, right. All around the world, um, for various uses, um, specifically the skin, because that's what I was very curious about. And, um, yeah, I just started playing with botanicals and, and making products for me. And, um, eventually I was like, well, I'm going to make a business of it because I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit and I was unhappy where I was at, you know, I was burnt out and I didn't feel like, right. You would think that working in social work and working, um, in such like so directly with a, a population that mm. really needs the love and the support would feel meaningful. But when you're burnt out and your cup is empty, like how well can you really serve, yeah. you know? And so, um, I decided to just kind of take a risk and just start, start something else. And, um, I didn't like quit my job right away or anything like that. Um, but I just decided to kind of go for it and see if something that I felt really right, because the products felt really good. And, um, you know, I wasn't like making them in a lab, a science lab or, you know, mixing up any crazy chemicals or anything. Um, but they just felt really good. And so I just decided to share them with others. And how long was that transition period at the point at which you, you started making the product mm -hmm. and then when you made the jump finally to, well, start something completely new? Was that yeah. a matter of months or a year? It, or? it was just a few months. It wasn't, um, it didn't take very long um, because I've, like I said, like I've always been very entrepreneurial. And so, um, and I kind of like forgot or lost that part of me going into the field of social work and like it, like, like working with these botanicals and like working to create something with my hands, right. Doing something very creative that felt really good. Um, kind of like re-sparked that like entrepreneurial part of me that like wanted to make something, you know, that was mine. So, um, it was like a few months. Gee, yeah, it was fast. And my, my first products were, I mean, they were literally just products I made for myself. They were very basic, um, kind you know, like many of them, many of the ingredients were ingredients that you might find in your own kitchen cabinets. So, yeah. That's so cool. And mm -hmm. tell me, I know you've said you've got an entrepreneurial spirit, but how did it feel making that transition? Was it, was it scary? Were you nervous? Was there trepidation in that moment? Um, well, since I didn't quit my job right away, in fact, I didn't quit my job for two years. So okay. I was working full time and doing Wabi Sabi and Wabi Sabi was growing organically. And, um, and so I was still working because like, I, like all right, I was making money through my full time job and I was able to invest that money into my business, right? Because my business was like very small yeah. and, um, and so there wasn't much fear because I was still working and I, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I was, it wasn't like my, you know, my financial situation was banking on it working, but, um, I was just kind of following my heart with it. I wasn't, you know, maybe for the first time ever, because I'm an overthinker, um, <laughs> maybe for the first time ever, I wasn't overthinking it and I was just going with the flow and I was just following my heart with it and just seeing where it would take me, you know, so we actually, we had an interview yesterday um, with another local entrepreneur who mm -hmm. explained how he had been exposed to the idea raised by Ivan Chonard, who was the founder of Patagonia, mm. who's talked about how he would take one step forward or mm -hmm. how, how the way that he has done business mm -hmm. is taking one step forward in one particular direction. And if it feels right, then he'll take another step. And if it feels totally. right, he'll take another mm -hmm. step. And if it doesn't, he'll take a step back. Totally. And that's exactly mm -hmm. how he's mm -hmm. felt out his business model. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've kind of followed a similar path. Yeah. It's, it's just been, um, really just following my heart and like, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a degree in business or, um, I had never started a business before. So it was very much uncharted territory for me. And, um, and so I was just kind of, yeah, taking little steps and just seeing like, if it works, if it doesn't work, um, if it's well received, if it's not well received or not received at all. Um, and, just kind of seeing what feels good and what feels right and what works and what doesn't, you know, it's so much trial and error when you yeah. start out. It's just like, 
you know, you're bound to make mistakes and that's like all part of the process. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk a little bit more about Wabi Sabi and exactly what it is today. Can mm -hmm. you tell us, can you give the, the listeners an overview of what it is and what mm -hmm. the underlying mission of the business is? Sure. Wabi Sabi started out as just as me offering these products that felt really good, right? That were clean, non-toxic products that just felt really, really good to use. Um, and these are skincare products. To yes, be clear. yes. Yes. Um, and now it's evolved into, right? Because I still felt that deep need to serve people um, in, in a more like direct way. So um, now it's evolved and starting in January of 2018, I relaunched the brand to include um, much more of like a social impact component. So um, now we create luxury botanical skincare that um, empowers women around the world, not only through, right, through offering these products that can truly like enrich your own self-care, but by sourcing ingredients that, um, you know, many of them come from local women cooperatives in um, parts of South America, parts of Africa, um, or family-owned farms in Eastern Europe. And, um, and then on the other end, um, then we're also investing a portion of profits into microloans for women. So Amazing. from the sourcing to the actual product offerings to where the profits go, like from all, right, it's like just a whole cycle of, of empowerment and women supporting women. So that's incredible. And why women? What is the, the story um, behind the women focus? Well, I'm a woman. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good enough reason. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. I think it was just, that's like something I feel very connected to is it kind of goes directly against what we're taught as women. Like that, like everything is a competition and, you know, like this compare, this like society, this culture of comparison and culture of competition between women. And so it goes very much against that and right. Like fostering, um, like connection and collaboration and like, you know, I think that's just kind of where we're headed and that's where we're stronger. So I just, I just felt called to, to be a part of that. Amazing. Yeah. That's super cool. And mm -hmm. I think these sorts of cooperatives mm -hmm. are, are really actually making real change, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. In, um, especially in developing communities and under, underdeveloped communities, um, yeah, I mean, these small grassroots organizations, um, especially women, because in, for instance, in small communities in Africa or in South America, um, like a woman working, like impacts, right, like the whole community, like a woman bringing an income, um, right, and being able to like provide for her family or send um, her children to school or, um, right, like it can impact an entire community. So, and it can impact generations. So, um, yeah, it has a huge effect. And what I love about that is it's not sort of direct, direct charitable work. It, it is mm -hmm. empowering a community to be you right. know, a community that is is doing dignified work and working exactly. off their own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, how does the, it's Kiva Microloads, is that right? Mm -hmm. How does that work exactly? Yeah. So basically, um, we just take a portion of profits, 10%. Um, and I mean, that's high compared to, right? Like I, that's I, really that, high. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I purposely chose to, you know, if it's going to be, a, you know, there, there are plenty of, of brands and companies out there that use social impact as a part of their model and, um, really just kind of like really push it in the marketing. Mm. Um, but then they're only giving like 1%, right? And they're like a multi-million dollar corporation or, or organization. And so it just seems like, right, if it's going to be a part of the business model, I want it to really be a part of it, like a significant part of it. And with the microloans, um, so we invest the 10% of the profits into these microloans for women. Um, and it's really cool because, um, yeah, it's the mutual dignity. It's like, 
you know, it's not giving a handout and it's, and it's in fact, and the, then on the business end, like it's not tax deductible for us. You know, we can't write off any of these investments because technically they're investments and not donations. Um, so we invest in these women and then they get to pay it off, um, over time. And then as we receive, um, those, that the, the money is paid back, we get to reinvest the same dollars into more women. That's wow. So it's cool. right. So it's the same dollar gets to touch more lives mm. rather than just giving it. Um, it comes back, right. They get to like learn that self-sufficiency and feel pride and, and like dignified in learning self-sufficiency. And, um, and then we get to invest the money again so that it's another cool. woman is impacted. It's really cool. It's a nice cycle. It's a mm-hmm. propagating thing. And then yeah, it's totally. more and more money over time. And I suppose every time well, mm-hmm. 10% of your profits. So you, that's a, a cumulative effect. Right. Right. That's huge. Exactly. That's a massive impact. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So we've got the, the Kiva loans, which are helping women through the 10% profits from Wabi Sabi sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got the ingredients that you source from the local co-ops as well. So as right. you said, you're helping in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a big, nice circle. Yeah. Um, have you got any great stories that you've heard from any of these cooperatives or, or the loans that you've given uh, to um, share of impact that's actually happened. I mean, I would, so, so we work with two liaisons, um, who are very familiar with these regions. So one of these women, um, lived in South America for a really long time, for many years and got to know local communities, small local communities, um, kind of the, the bordering the Amazon rainforest. And, and so she is the one that has been able to connect us with these, um, artisan producers and cooperatives. And then we have another liaison who is very familiar with a few other regions like um, Ukraine and family-owned farms and then um, some cooperatives in Africa like Namibia. And um, I would say one thing, um, for instance, in Namibia, where we source um, one of the ingredients in our um, intensive number four moisture boost is called Chimenia oil, which is like a very, like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen it I've in another product, yeah. actually, which is so crazy because it's like a beautiful ingredient. But um, but this oil, Chimenia oil, is sourced from a small local cooperative in Namibia, so in Africa. And these women, this is something that, and this is the case in a lot of, in a lot of these places is these women have been using this ingredient and, and harvesting this ingredient for a really long time. And they were just never paid to do it. It was just kind of part of their way of life and they would use it in their local communities. They would, you know, and, and they just weren't paid or they just weren't paid well. They weren't paid fair living wages. So in the case of the Chimenea oil, it's, entirely produced from the harvesting, right? Wild harvested from the wild harvesting of the nuts to the actual pressing of the ingredient, the drying of the nuts, the pressing of the, of the nuts and the um, filtering of the oil and everything is done entirely by women, which is really rare because it's, it's just really difficult to source ingredients that I can verify are actually made by women. Um, so in this case, these women are just incredibly empowered because now they're getting paid for work that they would already be doing. Um, and it's a natural resource. It's local, it's natural, it's sustainable. And, um, and now they're getting like a fair living wage for doing this work that they were already doing. So that's incredible. Yeah. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Tell us about some of the other ingredients that are in the products. I understand it's, it's, it's mainly oil based, beautiful natural oils. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the, another ingredient that is just, I would, one of like my favorites, um, and it's just not seen commonly right now. I think it'll, I think it'll be more common (laughs) soon, but, um, it's called kake oil and it's sourced in, it's sourced in the Amazon rainforest. So it can be found in a few different regions of the Amazonian rainforest. So it can come from a few different countries, but we specifically get ours from Brazil and, um, it's at least from what I have learned, it's one of the most sustainable ingredients I've ever come across. Um, as you guys, I'm sure know, um, there's a lot of destruction happening with our rainforest and especially the Amazon rainforest. And this is like one of the most precious resources we have, one of the most precious natural resources we have. And, um, and so kake oil 
first of all, it's it's a local natural resource, um, and all of the nuts are wild harvested from the ground. And it's interesting because they use, and this has been going on long before anyone decided to use it cosmetically, but um, they use every single part of the nut, right? So they use the shell, they use the inner peel, they use the meat, um, they use what's left, you know, they press the meat for nut milk, um, and then they eat the meat, and then they, so like every single part of it is used, so nothing goes to waste. Um, And then in addition, the harvest, right? And then anything that's, so they burn the outer shells of the nuts um, for, um, like fuel or gas for heating or cooking. Um, and so the cool thing about kake is that, right, and they've been planting more and more trees because as it becomes more in demand, they are creating more of these trees. And the beautiful thing about kake is that it like just create, like the soil around these trees becomes like incredibly fertile. Wow. So it can literally um, promote the growth of other species in the Amazon so it's helping to regenerate parts of the Amazonian rainforest where, I mean, species are just being completely obliterated. Mm. Um, so it's just a beautiful ingredient. And not only that, but it's, I mean, the properties it has are incredible. Like it's just, it's, it's anti-aging. It has natural retinol in it. Um, and it's just really a beautiful ingredient. But it's not only that, it's just doing a ton of good. And it can, it can make such a positive impact. So that is awesome. So which, which product is this in? Um, that is in the intensive number three, which is called Age Gracefully, which wow. is our um, quote-unquote anti-aging serum. I, I just don't <laughs> like using anti-aging because yep. it's like I'm not anti-aging at all. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just a natural part of life. But um, it's age. It's called Age Gracefully because that's really the goal is just to age a little more gracefully. Yeah. We're going to age no matter what. <laughs> Better not to fight it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. feel good doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Um, and now the, the reason why we were initially attracted to Wabi Sabi mm-hmm. was because you are certified as vegan and cruelty-free, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And obviously you have no palm oil or destructive mm-hmm. oils in your products. Yep. So tell us a bit more about that. Why did you decide to to make sure, sure that you're that you're certified as cruelty free and vegan? Yeah. Um, well, that's somewhat recent, actually. Um, I decided to go through the PETA certification, um, but Wabi Sabi has always been cruelty free and vegan. I mean, you know, the certification is relatively new, but that's always just been something that I chose, especially if you, I mean, in in green clean skincare and beauty products, honey is a very common ingredient, right? Um, and I just very specifically chose not to go that route because the whole honey industry is a whole nother ball game, but, um, or a whole nother can of worms. But, um, I just wanted, I mean, I just wanted to have, like, I just don't believe that like animals should even be impacted by anything we're using, like to, anything we're using cosmetically like it just doesn't really make sense Mm. um so i just decided to go the route of not using any animal products like no animals are impacted um you know no animals are negatively impacted or um and then cruelty free is kind of just like a given like i just don't yeah in this day and age i mean come on yeah it just doesn't i can't even believe it's still a thing why is it still a thing it's still a thing because the ingredients that they're using aren't safe enough to be tested on humans and so they have to test it on animals first because the risk is too great it's bloody ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah i know but if they were using healthier or safer non-toxic ingredients there would be literally no need to test on animals Mm. because you could i mean it's the same wabi sabi from the very beginning i tested all of my products on myself and on willing friends and family you know it was like there was no need to test on an animal ever because because everything is safe enough to test on humans Mm. on that point Mm mm-hmm why do these big cosmetic companies insist on using these cheap fillers, synthetic chemicals? Would you say it just comes down to the the money they can make yes. out of it and squeezing it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's exactly what you said. It's cheap. So, mm. um, and yet you pay so much money for so like a, money. for some of these products. I know, I know. It's. Um, like a lot of things in our world, it comes down to money. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy. So from a guy's perspective, <laughs> just, I'll have my piece. Lyle's yeah. been trying on lots of lotions. Uh, <laughs> when, we, when we started this blog, 
Look, I had no idea, but I was actually going to become a beauty expert. I was trying on creams. I was, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have, I have a much greater appreciation for what goes into these products yeah, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's so crazy. The beauty industry is so crazy how you can have these products that are filled with, and excuse my bluntness, absolute crap. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. people pay huge amounts of money for them. Whereas, well, they don't know. And they have they no idea. They don't know that it's, they that, don't know that it's crap. I, I just, That's it's it. mind-boggling. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely is. One final question mm-hmm. on Wabi Sabi mm-hmm. is the name. How did the name come about? What does it mean? Yeah. Um, so Wabi Sabi is a Japanese Buddhist, Zen Buddhist term. And very simply, it uh, emphasizes the beauty and imperfection. So I chose that, you know, I came across it, I think, um, maybe browsing Pinterest or like something very random. Right. And I, it stuck with me and, um, I didn't know that it would one day become the name of my business, but, um, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it really the whole, it can be summed up in emphasizing the beauty and imperfection. And I chose it because, um, because the beauty industry is very much about, I mean, it, it, you, you see it all the time, right? We see words like perfect and flawless and, um, anti-aging and all of these words that are like, they just don't, they certainly aren't having like a positive impact. Right. And they definitely aren't creating realistic expectations. So, um, I just wanted Wabi Sabi to be not about trying to be perfect and not about, you know, trying to have flawless skin or, um, completely halt aging. Um, but just to be about like embracing the flaws and embracing our imperfections because all of the, all of us have them. Um, and you know, the real, like real beauty is just loving yourself where you're at. So, um, I wanted Wabi Sabi to be about that and not about what so many other, um, what's, what really the beauty industry in general is about, which is chasing this, like this unrealistic, um, this unrealistic pursuit of perfection, you know? So I love that. Lala and I, she, we were talking the other day because we drove past at the head office of a very famous mm, mm-hmm. doll manufacturer. Mm. Mm, Massel. <laughs> Sorry, did I give away the punchline? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say it today. Anyway, we were saying, you know, how, you know, growing up with that, I don't know if you played with Barbies as a kid, but uh-huh. I, I certainly did. Yeah, and yeah. I remember, mm-hmm. and I said to Val, yeah, I remember being like, I can't wait till one day I look like that or like one day I have Mm -hmm. that figure or one Mm -hmm. day I have that skin or whatever. And I remember like feeling like, obviously, because this is my role model here, one day I'm going to look and feel like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a natural progression, right? Mm -hmm. Like, And when is that going to actually happen? Mm -hmm. And oh, that's actually such a destructive thing. Right. It's just unreal. It creates like unrealistic expectations. And um and it's the same with the beauty industry. You know, it starts very young with the dolls we play with and stuff. And then it goes into being a teenager and a young adult and um, being, you know, told through, you know, advertising, which is all around us through marketing that, you know, you need to use this product to be perfect and you need to wear this makeup to be flawless and so on and so forth. And, and firstly, so. flawless and perfect is a goal. Yeah. Right? And it's just so unrealistic. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not going to happen. We're mm-hmm. human, mm-hmm. you know. And then you're not taught to love your own unique features. And yeah. Your own, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. That's really cool. Yeah. So actually that brings up the point. On your website, you talk a lot about self-love mm-hmm. and how we sh- there should be no room for hate in the world. Mm. So more broadly, what what do you think? And I, and I know you're a nature lover. Yeah. At least what most concerns you about what's going on in the world today i think um on a like as far as humans go people i'm not all that concerned because i really do believe that we're inherently good and at the end of the day that's going to win out but what i really am concerned about is um the environment (laughs) because with the way things are going with plastic with climate change just like and pollution and like just the the impact that we're having on the on the natural environment is like devastating and so that's definitely my number one concern and and quite honestly i feel like in the past four months like i don't know if you guys have you guys have been traveling so i'm sure you've noticed it but um i've just and i've been traveling too over the past four months and i've just like the the weather's just bizarre like the weather everywhere is bizarre um, you see like these natural disasters are popping up, um, 
all over the place, right? We have storms happening in the middle of, you know, like spring, like it just doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, that's like kind of my number one concern right now, as far as where we're at, it's just the impact that we're having, the negative impact that we're having on our natural environment and how it's just not sustainable. Yeah. You know, so, um, so what are some of the things that you're really excited about seeing in terms of change to solve some of these problems? Well, I do feel a shift happening with people and with, for instance, consumerism is um, especially the younger or millennial generations. We really are demanding better products, better products. um, We're demanding um, better standards, right? Better business practices. And I don't know if it's just because that's where I'm at. And so I'm around people that also care about these things. But I really do think that, I mean, owning a business that is, is you know, definitely takes measures to be sustainable and have a positive impact. Um, I just see that consumerism is totally changing, right? I think that honestly, in the next 10 to 20 years, if businesses are not, um, you know, taking huge measures to be sustainable and incorporating social impact into their business model, I just don't think they're going to be around because I think that we as consumers are voting through our purchases to um, have better businesses. Mm -hmm. And I think that will ultimately be the way that we create change for our environment and whatnot, because yeah, as far as politicians go and, and, and through voting that way, I mean, the change, it just doesn't happen. It just really doesn't happen that way. And I think our, 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 um, the easiest way for us to create impact and to vote for the kind of world we want to be in is through our purchases, because it's all like, at least in the Western world, um, it's all about consumerism. We're very much a consumerist culture. And so if you're voting for products that are better and you're supporting companies and brands that are better and doing good, um, then that's what's, then that's what there's going to be more of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're of the view that consumers have the power here and we can really make a difference by the choices we make. Totally. It's, um, I heard, so I have, well, he's actually a friend now, but when I heard him say this, he he was just someone I very much admired, but um, his name is Robert Eggers and he owns um, a nonprofit in LA called LA Kitchen. Um, it's actually not a nonprofit, it's a social enterprise. Um, and he talks about how in the past we used the power of boycott, right? So in the past you saw um, we would boycott tea or we'd boycott right a certain company or we'd boycott a certain product. Um, and that's how we would demand, you know, change, right? Or even like on a government level, right? Uh, boycotting tea um, from Britain. So um, now he says that now we have the power of boycott and it's really, you know, the products that we buy are how we're demanding change. I love that. <laughs> yeah, the power of boycott. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And it's a positive way of doing things as well. Totally. It's directing positive energy into the right things as opposed to totally. putting out more negative energy. Totally. Right. right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. We, we talk a lot, obviously, we talk a lot about on our side about the power of the conscious consumer and exactly what you said. Every time mm-hmm. you buy something, you are casting a vote for the type of world totally. you want to live in. And mm-hmm. My only concern is, and we were actually talking about this before we hit the record button, was the world that we're living in Mm. is very much part of this conscious consumer drive. But the greater populace, it's hard Mm. to know if they are on board with that. or. But I think they are. We were saying we think there is a conscious groundswell. Yeah. Well, you see, I mean, you see um, huge corporations like Target um, um, bringing products in to their stores that are very much like small business, grassroots, sustainable, clean, non-toxic brands into Target. So you know that there's a demand for them um, because that's very much mainstream. Target's very much mainstream. Um, or, or large um, stores like Nordstrom's and Neiman Marcus and these higher-end stores, they're bringing in these smaller, um, clean, not, and I'm specifically referring to beauty because that's kind of the space that I'm in, but um, they're specifically bringing in these non-toxic beauty brands mm. because that's very much, I think, what we're moving towards. And especially, um, you know, millennials and I, I refer to millennials a lot. I'm one of them. So, um, I know that at least right for the millennial generation, like 
I think that really is what we're demanding. I don't think it's just who we're hanging out with. I think um, it it's becoming more mainstream, especially as people become more knowledgeable and aware mm. of the impact. Yeah. Yeah. It's so That's exciting. Nice. Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, we've been debating this and we've been asking people these questions in these interviews. You know, like, where does the responsibility sit? And often people say consumers need to be driving this change. And others say, you know, big business needs to be out there, you know, mm. driving change and driving advocacy. And others say it's all in the small business. Small business needs to be driving this change. Mm. And I mean, I think the answer is we all need to be driving change and we all need yeah. to be doing responsible things and whatever it is that we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wondered from your perspective, from a small business point of view and even a, maybe a big business mm-hmm. point of view, the, the providing consumers who wouldn't otherwise go out and do the research. So there, I'm sure there is a ton of millennials mm-hmm. and others out there who, mm-hmm. who want to do the right thing. And if they're given two options, they're given, you know, product A and product B. And product B yeah. is like similar price and got mm-hmm. all the right ethics, mm-hmm. you know, behind it. They'll always choose B, right? Like as, a, as humanity, we are generally good, right? Yes, and we'll always definitely. go for product mm-hmm. B if we know and if we have that, mm-hmm. that solution. So... For those that are not actively researching and trying to do the right thing, but they would like to do the right thing, mm-hmm. what role do you think small business and big business has in providing that alternative option? Um, well, I don't think it's realistic to hold um, huge corporations. Like, I just don't think it's realistic that they're going to do that because what it comes down to is money. Um, and with better products... Um, they cost more to create, first of all. Um, they so they cost more to produce, and they cost more in the end. Like there's le- there's there's less of a profit margin. So um, and then for the consumer, they cost more as well. And so um, I just don't think I just don't think corporations will or like large corporations will ever really be in the business of like educating on better decisions because that at the end of the day that'd be like a loss I think to them financially um but I think for small businesses and individuals right like for me as an individual um not even just because I have a clean beauty brand myself but um as an individual like I have been able to educate a lot of my peers and my family members um, on making better decisions, um, not just in like products, but or not just in beauty products, but in like decisions around the house um, and just in the way we live or in the way we eat. Um, and I think it's really kind of just on the individual. Like I don't think we can really count on large entities to do it for us it's really kind of on the part of the individual and in like what you guys are doing right like you are doing um like your part right to educate and to inform and to get the word out and i think that's really the most effective at the end of the day so it does feel like it's the biggest opportunity to drive changes in that consumer level and also in the small business totally Mm -hmm. like i mean at least from our perspective as individuals we were out there definitely trying to do our bet Mm -hmm. and once we got stuck into trying to build a, a separate business and a separate little mm-hmm. project mm-hmm. became so much more impassioned by yeah. it because it's become our life totally and mm-hmm. and we got so much more enthusiastic about spreading the message so i yep. feel like there is kind of that like effect or that ripple effect by mm-hmm. becoming even more involved and so definitely. i think small business has that good role and also definitely the challenger role of big business right mm-hmm. like i think mm-hmm. i think if you know if you've got the big business providing the chemical laden products and then you've got like the super ethical wabi-sabi products mm-hmm. that have beautiful oils and it's like a similar price point you are challenging them you know you oh are, definitely you know, that is an opportunity mm-hmm. to create that alternative and that's where i think the change is going to start happening totally more yep. of a and that's there. why that's why they're bringing in i mean that's why these big big stores are bringing in brands because there's no there's no like it's not it's not even they can't compete mm. so they they have to bring in these products for those who are demanding better mm. um, ingredients and better practices and all that stuff because um Especially when you're talking about luxury goods. I mean, it's very difficult. For example, like I can't compete with um, like drugstore brands mm-hmm. like because I can't get the prices that low. There just is literally no room to do it. Um, but what we can compete with is these luxury brands, luxury, right? Oh. They're just, they just have a name on them that's considered luxury. But um, 
competing with these luxury brands is very much possible because their margins are insane. I mean, you know, it costs them like a few dollars to produce Nothing. these products and they're selling them for, for so much more. It's junk in their products. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it costs us a lot more to produce the products, but we can offer it at, at, at we can take a take a, a loss on profits, right? We're not we don't have to like make a ninety percent margin, um, and we can offer it at the same price. And you know, hopefully, people will choose the better product. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess I mean I mean that's putting it down to what you value more. Do you want to save a couple of bucks, or do you want to use a product that's healthy yeah. and enriching? Yeah, and remedial. I, and and contributing to something greater right. than and just what's good yeah. in your face. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's about educating and bringing that awareness totally, to people. Totally, it's about and awareness. Saying, hey, guys, mm-hmm. this this is actually not good for you, but this is. And by spending mm-hmm. this, you you are actually mm-hmm. helping increase and develop and just have a positive influence on society in general. Totally. Um, so I just want to quickly go back to your website, Elisa. You were doing this women empowerment interview series. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Can you so just cool. tell us a little bit about that and, and whether or not you're still going to do that in 2018? Yeah, I mean, one thing I really wanted to start doing with Wabi Sabi was being active on the blog because I've just, there's just always so many things to do. It just, that kind of fell, fell by the wayside forever, for years. Um, and so this year I made it a point to start doing something like that. And so I came up with the idea to do a woman empowered series interview series and just reach out to um, a few of them I know personally and then also women who just I have you know admired and I think that you know you know the Wabi Sabi customer would also be very admiring of these women and have something to learn from them Um, and so the whole point was just to offer something that's valuable and relevant and um, you know these women come from all from all walks of life. You know, I, I interviewed a friend, Elisabetta. She um, owns a nonprofit in Mozambique, um, Africa called Kuranza, Kuranza. And, um, and so she directly empowers women and, and girls there. And so, and then I, and then I interviewed another friend, Amy, who is in San Diego, and she has done a lot of work just personally in her personal life, volunteering at um, monasteries and orphanages in, in Asia. And, I just wanted to to hear these women's stories and I just thought that it would be really cool to share much like you guys are doing sharing, you know, the stories of, of other people who are kind of doing their individual part to, to make a positive impact. So, yeah, yeah. I really like them. Definitely keep going with them. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoy doing them. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, very cool. And anything else coming up in 2018 that's exciting that you want to tell us about or the listeners? Um, Yeah, well, the goal is definitely to expand the product line. Um, You know, if I could have, because before before I relaunched with the new branding and the new packaging and everything, Wabi Sabi was a complete skincare line. So we had the cleanser and the toner and the serum and the moisturizer and the masks and and everything. Um, And... Unfortunately, in rebranding and relaunching, it was just financially not doable to relaunch with that many products um, because the minimum order requirements and everything were just so high. So um, so if I could have, I would have relaunched with the complete line, but unfortunately I couldn't. So I relaunched with the um, line of oil serums. And so I really, my goal is to expand that this year um, to bring back more of a range of products right. awesome. um yeah that's definitely the goal so um so i'm working on a line of um mists or toners uh toner mists that are just pure concentrated totally undiluted these like beautiful hydrosols that are sourced from all over the world and um and then also working on a mask or two and a cleanser. So mask would be good. I do love a good mask. Yeah, I yeah. love a good mask too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, I can't say I've tried a mask. Actually, I, I think I, I think might have did, tried yeah. a mask. Yeah, I've tried a mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's rejuvenating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very rejuvenating. <laughs> yes. Um, have you got any advice, Elise, for anybody who is thinking about making the jump into their own small business as an entrepreneur, given that you've done it and successfully. Yes. Any words of advice for listeners out there? Yeah. Yes, I definitely do. Um, 
I would say follow your heart and have no fear and just go for it because you can fail at what you don't love, right? Like you can get totally burnt out and be unhappy and miserable doing something you're not even passionate about. Um, and then you can fail miserably doing something you love too, right? Like there, it can go either way, but like you, like, I just think it's so much, it's so much more fulfilling to, to go for it and do what you love and risk failure. Um, failure, although, right. Like what is failure? Like if you go for it, I don't know if there really is a way to fail, but, um, yeah, I think the point is just that you can really fail at something that you don't even like doing and you can fail at something you love doing. So might as well, you know, might as well go for what you love. Yeah. So absolutely. I love that. And then you are all about self-love and, Mm -hmm. you know, empowering women. Mm -hmm. Most women, I would say, maybe that's unfair, but a lot of women out there Mm -hmm. do not fulfill that within themselves. They don't don't have self-love and they're not fulfilled Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not empowered. Mm -hmm. So what would your message be to those who are looking for a little bit more self-love or trying to figure out how to do that? Yeah, well, I think think from my own personal journey, um, I think the way that I've developed my own self-love um, is just through doing like small esteemable acts. So um, it can be really small, like for instance, taking five minutes to do a face mask, even though you have like a million things on your to-do list, right? Like just pampering yourself or um, I don't know. I think it's, it's really important, like, because it's overwhelming to think about, um, it really is like a whole shift in your mentality and your perspective in your life, right? Coming to love yourself changes everything, but, um, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Like it can start very small and it can be just about, um, for example, um, at least I know for me, one thing that I dealt with a lot in the past was like negative self-talk, right? Like perfectionism and, um, needing to do things right and needing to live up to all these expectations of what it means to be a woman. And, and, um, and so just being like a little bit gentler with yourself and right. Like if you make a mistake, right? Like the other day, um, I totally forgot about a meeting I had scheduled, like complete, like I forgot to write it down in my schedule, totally missed it. And my immediate, right. And I got an email and my heart just was like, no, like my heart sank. Like, how could you forget? Right. And like my immediate reaction was to like, how could you, how could you forget? That's so irresponsible. What are they going to think? Like, right. And really the reality is just that like, we're human and we forget sometimes and we make mistakes or things slip our minds or we have too many things on our minds and we forget to write something down, right? Like these things happen. And it's, I think with self-love, like a huge part of that for me was just learning how to be gentler with myself and be like, right, the same kindness and compassion that you extend to others is like, you deserve that too. You know, like I deserve the same compassion that I show animals or the earth or, or my friends and family. So just extending the same love and compassion and for like that forgiveness and showing that to yourself is really, um, like a huge part of it, I think. And it's diff. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that takes time, but you just start small. I can totally relate to all of that. (laughs) Yeah. One other thing I wanted to ask about that topic was, was the serving others thing. Mm -hmm. Does that help? Do you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I have a a very good friend and mentor and she always tells me that, um, we, as we learn to think of ourselves less, we learn to love ourselves more. So, um, right. The less I think about me, 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 what I want and what I need and my goals and my everything. And like the less I think about that and the more I come from a place of service, like how can I serve this world? How can I serve others? Um, how can I provide value? Um, the more I do that, the more I come to love myself. And I don't know how it works, but it works. And, um, and yeah, it's tried and true. So definitely. Yeah. Give that a shot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Coming from a place of service. Um, you know, I think it's perspective. That's yeah. what it feels like to me is mm-hmm. like you, you get the sense that it's not all, the world is not, 
you might be stressing about how you look or how you feel or about mm-hmm. you know something that you failed mm-hmm. at or whatever but actually the rest of the world is doing yeah. its own thing and it, there's yeah. a ton of other stuff happening that's actually mm-hmm. way more mm-hmm. not that it's way more important because what you're feeling is really important but there's other things out there that are right. that are the bigger also, picture yeah it's, exactly it's very easy to um, you know, we're kind of like the suns in our universe, like everything revolves around us. And that's the same for every individual. And if you think about that, that's crazy because mm. there are over seven and a half billion of us on the earth and we all feel like the center of the universe mm. in yeah. our own lives. When you come from a place of service, like you break out of that and you realize that you're not the center of the universe. And there are so like, right, like in everything you feel and everything you experience, like I guarantee somebody else has felt it and experienced it too. Mm-hmm. Or somebody else is feeling it and experiencing it in this exact moment, the same as you are, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and so it's just like, it's, it's the bigger picture. It's focusing on, you know, I think just the more we turn inward and are focused on ourselves, that's like, the more the more miserable it is it's just it's just like not meaningful and mm. i think so coming from the place of services is, is just it makes life more meaningful yeah totally yeah couldn't agree more okay so where can people if they want to know more about wabi sabi mm-hmm. and find you on the webs on the interwebs mm-hmm. how do they do that um, well, wabi sabi is at www.wabisabibotanicals.com um, and then on social media, our social media media handles are just Wabi Sabi Botanicals. Um, and then as far as finding me, um, I'm also personally very active on social media and in the, in the, in the internet. So um, you can find me at uh, my Instagram handle is Be Led by Love. And I also have a personal website, which is beledbylove.com. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I'm launching it in like, no, you haven't. Yeah. It'll be out in a week. <laughs> okay. I'll be sure to send it to you. Um, it's something that I've been working on. This is just a newer kind of passion project. And it's very much about what we've just been talking about, um, about learning to be led by love. Right. Awesome. And, 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 um, being led by love in every area of your life. And so that can be in the products and brands you support that could be in the food you eat that could be in the way um, you communicate with others and that can be in the way you treat yourself so um yeah that will be in about a week well by the wow. time this comes out it'll be up so, so we'll, yeah. put the links we'll put the links in yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's so awesome. cool wow that's awesome. really exciting i didn't know that how yeah. awesome well it's done. a very new thing it's been very under wraps but it's since it's getting ready to i'm almost ready to um release it to the world the so. big reveal well, thank you so much, Elise. This has been very inspiring for both of us. I'm sure yeah, I can no, speak for you. Thank you, Elise. Wonderful to have you on the yeah, show. Yeah, thank you guys so much for the opportunity to, you know, I woke up the other day. This is, this might sound weird, but I woke up the other day, like maybe last week, right? I knew this was going to be happening. And I woke up and I just felt like very grateful for the opportunity to do something like this because I haven't done anything like this before. And um, I'm just grateful for new experiences and, um, new opportunities and especially opportunities to connect with other people who are just like hearted. And, um, so thank you. Likewise. No, thank yeah, you so much. Super grateful to have you on the show. I think it's going to be a great episode and I'm sure the listeners will enjoy I'm it sure a lot and learn a lot this. from Absolutely. it. Yeah, I'm excited. And that's a wrap. We thoroughly enjoyed catching up with Elise and we think her story is super inspiring. We'll be supporting her from the sidelines for sure. For further interviews with like-minded people, consider subscribing. And as always, any cues or comments, tips or suggestions, send us an email at hello at sustainablejungle.com.